It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Here at ESPN, Adam Schefter covers the NFL. Adrian Wojnarowski covers the NBA. Jeff Passan, Buster Olney, they cover Major League Baseball. And our intimacy insider on Canty and Carlin <laughs> is Chris Carlin, who co-hosts the show and joins us, Aaron Goldhammer, Gabe Neitzel, in for the guys on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Chris, there's nothing like embarrassing yourself on, on national radio earlier today. If you had told me in college that I was going to be the intimacy insider, oh, dear God, I would I would not have believed it. And I wouldn't have believed it yesterday if you had told me that yesterday. But here, here we are. Here yes. we are. As, as far as embarrassing moments go, I mean, we, I'm sure we can all share war stories. But yeah. uh, do you have any others to share other than what, what you stumbled yourself into? Here's the problem. I, I'm thinking about it. And even alluding to what I actually said, yes, I, I have them, but I can't repeat them. I have uh. like two or three. What, what happened there was, what had happened was, <laughs> I was trying to say on the set next. And I have no idea like why all of a sudden I wanted to say on the set. Like what the hell is that to begin with? But then that happened. So that's how we got to sext at that point. Uh, I, I, there, let's just put it this way. Uh-huh. There have been other times where I was trying to say something fast and uh-huh. the words jumbled together to really uh, yes. form an unfortunate word or where I left a letter out of the word I meant to say and it became uh-huh. something else. Uh, I think we can all assume maybe where that was going. G- Gabe yes. and I, Chris, have both worked in Wisconsin. Gabe's in Milwaukee now at different points in our careers. And I once was interviewing Dorsey Levins and thought for the first four questions that it was Antonio Freeman. Oh. And he had to correct me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Antonio was, was pretty cool when you made that catch against Minnesota. Yeah. Wait, dude, I'm a he running was, back. He was like, hey, you know, I was a running back. And I said, wait, who are you? And he said, this is Dorsey Levins. And I was like, well, turns out this interview is going right in the junk pile. Uh, Chris Carlin is with us. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Um, the NBA Finals is finally here. Game one tomorrow night. You can hear it on most of these ESPN radio stations between the Heat and the Nuggets, and Gabe and I have been laughing all day, Chris, because it feels like both of these teams are trying to play the nobody-believed-in-us card to inspire them to victory. And what had they done through the majority of, for the for the Nuggets, the last several years, for the Heat, the entire regular season, for anybody to believe in anything? <laughs> like, how were we wrong if that was the case? And now, like, if you're the Nuggets, I'm sorry, you can't play that card anymore. You just swept the Lakers and your your favorite, your minus 380 favorites. So somebody believes in you, and that somebody's Vegas, and that's a pretty big uh, way to be a favorite. That's almost four to one. And as far as the Heat are concerned, look, I get it. Everybody wants to play the role of underdog. Whatever you need to motivate yourself is fine. But every time a team wins a championship, Somebody on that team inevitably is going to say, 
nobody believed that we could do it. Well, no, there's always most people that believed you could actually do it. You know, you can't say that when you, if you're the Nuggets and you win the championship and you were the number one seed in the West. There were obviously people who believed that you could do it. I'm still trying to figure out if the Heat are actually a good team. Yeah. Uh, because when you look at this roster, it's the, you have Jimmy Playoff Jimmy. He's been spectacular. But, you know, other than Caleb Martin every once in a while just being convinced that he is, you know, 1995 Michael Jordan in Game 7, it's, it's a roster that has a bunch of undrafted guys. It has older guys and Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry who have been somewhat productive at different times. Just getting to the finals, does that speak to how good of a coach Eric Spolstra is? Well, first thing first, first thing is first, okay? Let's forget about the are they a good team thing because I lived through that for the last year and a half, and I kept telling myself that they weren't, and yet here they are. <laughs> so, like, it kills me to look at the roster and say this is a good team, but they – they just to keep be. responding in big spots, so I have to believe the, in them at some point, don't I? Like, listen, I you know, I love Amber to death. I couldn't take Amber the last year and a half with with the Heat, especially last year. She'll tell you that. Like, we have been friends for a long time, and that could have ruined our friendship. With as bad as I thought that the Heat were, and as fortunate as I thought that they were to get to where they are, I can't argue it anymore. Like, the, God, it kills me to say this. Like. Heat culture is like legitimately a thing. It, it, it's real, annoying. but but can we please tell? By the way, Amber, Joe, and Amber seven to nine weeknights here on ESPN Radio. Like Amber can't take any credit for the culture. Like she acts, Chris. <laughs> like she created the culture. Pat Riley, you are not. You know, like you can celebrate the fact that you root for a team that's, a, but you're not part of that culture. Like that culture would exist with or without you. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Chris Carlin, host of the show, is with us. We were debating and batting around most disappointing team in the league this year. Uh, Gabe said it was the Bucks, and I understand why after the way they went out in the first round. But but I thought, you know, Philly, to get where they got, to have that 3-2 lead, Chris, and fall yeah. short of the conference finals again, despite having the MVP, I don't know that there's a, a, a fan base, I guess, more frustrated than them right now. Yeah, I get that, and I, I would understand why they are. Um, when you're up 3-2 in that series, you have to win that series. And this is why Nick Nurse is now the head coach of the Sixers. Um I would also put the Bucks in that category. Uh, they're exceptionally disappointed, not just losing, but losing, again, to the Heat, who were a play-in team and lost the first play-in game. But now they're in the finals. So you have to say that turns out they were pretty good. I, I will counter you, too, with the Memphis Grizzlies, who I think are exceptionally disappointing for all the talk that they did uh, leading up to uh, really throughout the last couple of years, and now their superstar is probably going to be gone for half a season because of his own stupidity. So I, I, I would counter it with the Grizzlies because I really thought, you know, the Grizzlies are the two-seed out west that they win 51 games. They had a chance to really do something this year, and they just were absolutely as disappointing as could be. One team that a fan brought up that I thought was really good, when you just take a look at the season as a whole, 
the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Because they actively opted, decided they didn't want to play in the play-in tournament, and we saw two teams in the play-in make significant runs in both the Eastern and Western Conference. The way they bungled the whole Jalen Brunson thing, pair that with Kyrie Irving, are you going to give Kyrie all the money? And it's going to potentially lead to the superstar you wanted to build around maybe asking out? Like, that's, again, that's a really good one to me because just seemingly everything the Mavs did this season after making a conference finals appearance last year, everything they did this year was wrong. And what, what, what were they when they made the trade? What were they, the four? They were either the four uh, or yeah, the five. Yeah, like that, yeah. And they end up I mean, not they, even in the play-in tournament. I mean, right. that, because that, they said that. they didn't want to go there, but then right. two teams from the play-in tournament ended up going to the conference final. Right. It's it's hard to argue that now, but I, I would say that like Adam Silver's winning with the play-in tournament now, isn't he? Um, oh, without a doubt. Yeah, the Mavericks. Here's where they're going to be a massive disappointment if they hand Kyrie that money. Kyrie to me works in one place, and that's L.A., and that's it. Because if he gets I mean, Mark Cuban has basically said we're going to give him whatever he wants to stay. That's a problem. They were 5-11 and 11 with him and Doncic on the court together. I don't oh. think that's going to get uh, – they, they may be a, a 500 team or so, but they don't defend anybody at all. So it's not just that Kyrie and Doncic don't play great together. They traded away a couple of good 3-and-D-type guys, and now they have to figure out how to replace them. I'm – I think Kyrie in Dallas, that's just, like whatever happened in Brooklyn, as they say, everything is bigger in Texas. I think it'll be bigger in Texas for what Kyrie did in Brooklyn for sure. Well, what a mess that is. Chris Carlin with us, of course, the host of this show, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with uh, with Gabe Neitzel. You know, and then I'm trying to sort through, and Gabe is too, you know, Bob Myers, if he walked down the street of New York City, I don't know how many people would recognize or even know who that is. And before I even say, you know, that he was the general manager of the Warriors and that he built this thing, he is certainly not the most recognizable face associated with that organization. But he's been important. I don't know, though, Chris, that I could say because he's leaving that this is really the end for Golden State. I mean, to me, I think as long as Steph is still there and at the peak of his powers, they're going to be a factor and there in the end in the playoffs, you know, scoring 50 points in a game seven. Yeah, I I think he's getting out while the getting's good. You know, I, I think you're looking at a situation a year from now where you have uh, Clay off the books. Uh, I'm theoretically uh, operating under the assumption for a moment that Draymond opts back in. Like, this is the last run coming up to me, but it's not. Bob Meyer's been a big piece of it. But at the same time, it's not everything. Um, really, what is everything is uh, who are they going to get uh, after Clay and Draymond are gone? Are they going to get the, the Jordan Poole that they thought they were getting when they handed him all the money this past offseason? Are they going to get a, an Andrew Wiggins that turns into even more of what he is? Pretty good player, was away for a while, uh, but earned the money a couple of years ago, and now they need him to be that guy again. I don't know the answer to that. So that's why I think Bob Myers is leaving now. We always talk about, like, in the NFL, getting out a year early on players. Um, this is like Bob Myers getting out a year early on the team before it really all starts to fall apart.
But when it comes to the Warriors, it's it's already kind of started to fall apart. When you have your head coach giving his season-end press conference saying, hey, we need Draymond in order to be a championship team, but also Draymond punching Jordan Poole messed with our chemistry, messed with our team, and we weren't ever able to overcome that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a problem. It's definitely a problem, but that's something that... It, it, let me ask you this right now. If you're Draymond Green, is your best chance to win a championship with the Warriors next year, or is it with the Lakers? Because he's been batting his eyelashes at LeBron here for the last year or so, as yeah. if he wants to go there. Where does he have a better chance to win a title? It's a very difficult question to answer. I think the answer might actually be with the Lakers. Be the Lakers. Ah, yeah. I, st- I still think it's Golden State, just because him and everything that comes with him, I think that Steph and Clay and Steve Kerr in particular, like Steve Kerr knows what buttons to push, presumably with Draymond Green. Yeah. I don't know if Darvin Ham does, because he just hasn't been around him. Yeah, I, I think that there, and I think Draymond needs to understand the value in that, right? I, I think he needs to understand, okay, these people, they get me. These are my people, and sure. I need to stay near that. And, and But if if the Lakers but, uh, go and offer him three years and 60, like, they're not going to do that in Golden State. He's got $27 million player right. option, opt-in. That's right. It. Right. And we, we talked about, I mean, they have a chance to be the Warriors, the most expensive team in the history of sports. Yeah. If they don't, you know, kind of get some of the spending under control. When, when you count just, in the tax and everything, it's half a billion dollars. Next it's, year. It's, it's, it's wild for a team that finished sixth. I mean, yeah. this isn't like a team that won the West or something or went to the finals or won the title. And the other thing, you know, I, I wonder at this point in his career, you know, they got four rings. What are Draymond's real priorities? Because we all know he's setting up a career after, you know, basketball to fill in for Barkley or do whatever he thinks he's going to do as his next step. I mean, is he better positioned to do that stuff in San Francisco or would being in Los Angeles, you know, also be advantageous to some of that stuff? The fear I'd have if I was him is that Davis cannot be trusted to stay healthy and at 39 years old, neither can LeBron. Yeah. So... He might yeah. be in one of those situations where he looks around, you know, thinking Austin Reeves is the best guy on the court with him, <laughs> uh, and and that that could be um, that could be a little bit of a dangerous one. Yeah, um, it's tricky. Um, well, Chris, uh, appreciate the time as always. You jumping on your own show. Yeah, and, I know it was awful magnanimous of me, wasn't it? And, and so. also, you know, uh, uh, appreciate you being in your new role as the Intimacy Insider here at ESPN. Yeah, congrats think, on the promotion. You know, right. that's uh, that's that's a huge responsibility. Forward, yeah, I mean, Triple Eight say ESPN. If anybody has any questions, you need any help, you know, the Chris Carlin is here for you. Right? I, I was about to say they recognize talent when they see it, and then I just realized that's probably not the best thing to say. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I really, if you are coming to me for your relationship or intimacy questions you are you are just asking for it to all fall apart in your life which is why going to you is such a great idea you might be the key <laughs> just do the opposite of whatever, whatever exactly uh, yeah yeah we'll get little bracelets made what would cd what would carlin do and then do the opposite exactly that's, that's a good it, idea we'll talk soon thanks guys
That's Chris Carlin, the host of Canty and Carlin, with us here on ESPN Radio. I mean, of all the questions of the offseason, and I don't mean to race forward there because this finals, I think, is going to be a good series, but of all the big offseason questions, what happens with the Warriors and Draymond, to me, is actually more interesting than James Harden and Kyrie Irving. I mean, those guys I just can kind of turn and roll my eyes at. Wherever they go, they're going to regret paying them whatever contract they get. The Draymond thing could really spell a real turning point in the shape that the league takes because everything's gone through Golden State for the last decade. What are the Warriors going to do if if Draymond's not there? If you have your head coach who just professed that you cannot be a championship team without him, Okay, so now so now what's the mentality? If he's actually not there at the beginning of the season, if he ends up and the unthinkable happens and he ends up elsewhere, yeah, because somebody was willing to commit, you know, three years, sixty million dollars, as as he just as Carlin just floated out there, yeah, what happens with Golden State? I don't know how. I don't know where this is going from here. Uh, but I, I think as long as they've got Steph, they probably have a good chance to retain Draymond and to make have one more run with Clay and to say, let's let's go. I mean, do you think Steph ends his career in Golden State? That's the last question I'll I'll ask yes, you just on I this think general so. subject. I, I think Steph is going to be one of the very rare players like Kobe, like Dirk, who's going to play his entire career in one place. It, it just I have a hard time believing at thirty five, thirty six. I mean, what, he doesn't need to chase a ring. Right, I feel like his legacy is already intact if he goes and tries to chase a ring in. I don't even know where he would go to try to chase down that ring. He just I mean, does, doesn't. Does need he want to go do home and play for Charlotte? Like, I mean, these are the situations that, like, that that I'm thinking of possibilities for him. But you know, you had Kobe do it, and you had Dirk Nowitzki do it, and then other than that, I mean, the the era of the one team superstar. Think about LeBron is most associated. I think it's fair to say in Cleveland, he mm-hmm. played for three teams. I mean, how many teams has Kevin Durant played for in the last ten minutes? You know, yeah, so it might be as many as Shaq. Uh, I mean, you know, the the time of just like Jordan only played for the Bulls, you know, Russell only played for the Celtics. But but, but Jordan that, didn't o- only play for the Bulls. No, no, he did. I I refuse to acknowledge <laughs> the Washington <laughs> the Wizards, Wizards era, era as as anything more than just a, a, it, a it dream. still happened. It, it still happened. Fig, it was a slight figment of your imagination. Everybody game. just dreamt it. <laughs> That I, that's the way I'm thinking about it. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Gabe Neitzel. Up next, our top five and bottom five 2023 NFL offseasons. We talk some football next here on Canty and Carlin after Gabe has this from NHTSA. Every day, there are drivers on the road who decide not to buckle their seatbelts. Some of those drivers will be ticketed by law enforcement. Some of those drivers who crash won't make it home. Buckling up is the single most effective way to protect your life in the event of a crash and make it home safely to your loved ones. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. The NBA Finals is set to start tomorrow, while NFL minicamps also are underway. Most teams done with their transaction season. We will rank the best and worst NFL offseasons coming up on Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Round out your protection with life, phone, and pet health insurance. We're on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Gabe Neitzel. And let's get on with the rankings. Which teams were great? Breaks a tackle at the 15-10-5. Touchdown! What player was not? Does he hang on? Intercepted! He couldn't hang on! This is the NFL Top 5, Bottom 5. Number 5. Well, we're going to do the top five off-seasons here, and I rank these from five to one. Gabe, you'll join me and sort of break down what you thought about my rankings. Number five, look, the Baltimore Ravens got their deal done with Lamar Jackson, so that was the best thing that they did, but there was a point this off-season where we were talking about could Lamar be playing in, I don't know, Indianapolis or or the Miami or somewhere else. So the fact that they got that deal done is great, but that's not the only thing. They've really had this you know, awful spot wide receiver situation during Lamar's career. And I think now now they're a step closer to fixing it. They addressed it both in the draft and with Odell Beckham in free agency. So I think this is probably the best group of skill position players that Lamar has played with at any point, Gabe, in his career. Yeah, like you said, the biggest thing, though, is Lamar. And, And not just making sure he's your quarterback for 2023, but getting him locked up to a long term deal kind of soothing over, smoothing over, if you will, the the relationship with Lamar, which seems so icy. And that's the reason why, like the aggressiveness in which Lamar was disputing things that was out there, that people were putting out there, made it seem like it was going to be really hard to repair the relationship between Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. They ultimately did. And in a stacked AFC, it was the only chance the Ravens had in order to be a competitive team going forward, is to make sure they kept Lamar. And yeah, so I'm with you. To, to take care of the most important position with a guy who's already won one league MVP, it's huge. Ravens at five. Who is next? Number four. Number four to me, and you might be surprised by how low I have this ranked, is the New York Jets. Now, I was surprised, Gabe, how much they ultimately had to give up in order to get Aaron Rodgers. I also wonder... You know, they think they're getting prime MVP Aaron Rodgers. Okay. If you dig into the numbers in Green Bay last year, there's some evidence that he's really declined as a player. But just solving that position on a team that was already, Gabe, pretty darn loaded up is pretty impressive for the Jets, who've now become must-see TV. 
I can tell that you know you're not familiar with uh, Aaron Rodgers' mo because there were some pretty petty quotes that he gave the Athletic in a piece that was written by Matt Schneidman came out earlier today over at the Athletic. Uh, this is a dude that motivates himself based on slights, and whether those slights are true or not, he is perceived that. The Green Bay Packers at some point slighted him, and that is going to motivate him. Plus, he had the broken thumb throughout the majority of last season. I think the Jets, well, they are not going to get 2020. Aaron Rodgers MVP, where he threw 48 touchdowns and five picks, they're going to get a quarterback who was much better than what you saw in Green Bay last season. Yeah, I mean, that, that wouldn't be hard. Zach Wilson, obviously, was a debacle. I like their defense, and obviously their group of receivers is much better than what was hanging out in Green Bay with Rodgers last, uh, last season. The Jets at number four. Next! Number three. You might think I have them underrated, too. The Philadelphia Eagles just keep churning <laughs> through some of the best defensive linemen in all the league. I thought they had a great draft. I thought they had a savvy free agency. And then they came to terms on a really reasonable extension, I thought, for Jalen Hurts. At one mm-hmm. point there was talk of, are they going to have to give him the Deshaun Watson, the $230 million guaranteed deal? I actually think they got that done in a relatively reasonable range for a guy who was this close to being the Super Bowl MVP last year. Yeah, I, look, this is this is a team that, because they're so young, and they, they got to the Super Bowl, and they were so close last season, just the little things, those little changes that they make to continue to push their way forward, I, mean, I love this defense. The offense has so many weapons, and then to add DeAndre Swift on top of it, yeah, I, I think that this is a team that is still certainly poised to be atop the NFC. I would agree. You know, the, I guess the big swing player for them, and it could determine their future here to some degree. You know, if they get the right version of Jalen Carter, you know, this could be the scariest offense and the scariest defense. But that was a risk to take on a player. They, they were in position to be able to take it, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of teams that had a chance to take that risk, and obviously, you know, they weren't really willing to do it. Next! Number two. We're going to stay in the NFC East here. Because they are getting rid of their owner, and that reason alone, congratulations to Washington <laughs> Commander fans. Man, I'm surprised this is a you number guys, one. You guys cracked the top five list. I don't like anything they did from a personnel standpoint. Their quarterback situation is a total hole. I have no idea who's really going to be playing that position for them in the long run. I don't know, you Sam Howell fan? I guess that's sort of where this thing is at. But... They get rid of Dan Snyder, the evil Dan Snyder, the man who, uh, you know, is a, a 2023's version of a Bond villain who wants to blow up the world, no longer involved in the National Football League. A major win for all of us, especially the fans in Washington. If you were a fan of the Commanders, I have to imagine that at this point you felt like under Dan Snyder you were never going to compete. You just, maybe you'd have a nice year, you'd make the playoffs, maybe win a playoff game, but you weren't ever going to be a serious contender for the Super Bowl. Now those possibilities are back open to you. Like, thinking that you have a chance, and look, it's not going to be 2023, you're not competing for a Super Bowl now, but even to have the chance to compete for a Super Bowl because everything starts from the top down and your ownership group wasn't going to get it done for you, congratulations to the Commanders fans. Next! Number one. Guys, I hate to say this because I'm in Cleveland. Man, did I think the Steelers had an awesome offseason. 
they addressed the one area of their team that has really been lacking, which is on the offensive line. I know the public may not realize it yet, but Kenny Pickett went 6-2 and two down the stretch and was really good in the fourth quarter. I think the best division in football is the AFC North. It's got two teams on this list, and I think the other two teams are pretty good, including one who's a bona fide Super Bowl contender in Cincinnati. I love the Broderick Jones acquisition. You know their defense is going to be good. You know they're going to be over 500 because of Mike Tomlin. You know they're better at developing receivers, Gabe, than any other team in the league. I think Pittsburgh got a lot better this offseason. Kenny Pickett? The yeah, you're not has, a believer in Kenny Pickett? You, 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 you just made fun of the commanders because their quarterback situation's a mess. Like this, this is the team that just you know they're they announced you they signed reala- you Mitch Trubisky Gabe, you to don't a three-year extension. You don't, you don't realize it yet, but Kenny Pickett's good. Based on Kenny what? Pickett's good, based on the fact that he was great in fourth quarters and went six and two down the stretch. He completed forty-four like percent of his passes against the Browns in the in the regular season finale. Like yeah, he, dude was hasn't... The, he was he was great at late on third down. The, look sure. at his numbers on third really downs cool. and in cool. fourth quarters. I am a believer in Kenny Pickett, and I think the Steelers. I hate to say this, they they're always there, but I think they had an awesome offseason. I came up with the top five list, and so even though you might not agree with it, you've got to take it at face value. Coming up at the bottom of the next hour at six thirty Eastern, Gabe has his worst five off seasons in the NFL this year and he will rank those for you. Up next, we're going to talk some college football. ESPN has matchups and start times, and we're getting into it next. Fire up the game day music on Canty and Carlin. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Gabe Neitzel, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Folks, that music could only mean one thing. It's time to talk college football. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Want to join the conversation? You can at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Our question today, biggest disappointment in the NBA this year, and we'll get back to your calls shortly, but we got some news. A press release gave that was hot in my inbox earlier this afternoon from our friends at ESPN Public Relations. The headline... ESPN platforms present industry-leading college football schedule with star-studded showdowns, top rivalries, conference championship clashes, and premier postseason programming. 
I guess I'll start the, the big non-conference game. You got Texas Alabama in week two. You got Notre Dame Ohio State week four. But do you like these big made-for-TV non-conference matchups in week one and week two at Jerry's World, or now there's one in Charlotte or Houston, or that they sort of make these made-for-TV matchups, or would you rather wait until November to play the biggest college football games of the season? No, I love these non-conference matchups. Absolutely love them, especially when they put them in neutral sites. We had one here. I'm, I'm based out of Milwaukee. We had one here in Wisconsin uh, probably four or five years ago at this point, when UW, when the University of Wisconsin, hosted LSU at Lambeau Field. And they've got Ooh. another one coming up in 2026. Notre Dame going to be playing Wisconsin at Lambeau Field. And those just, they, they add another layer of coolness to, you know, the number of kids from Wisconsin or Notre Dame that are going to end, actually end up in the NFL and have a chance to play at Lambeau or Soldier, Soldier Field or in Houston or in Jerry's World, it's very few. So to have those kids actually get the opportunity to play in some of the more iconic and some of the more beautiful facilities that the NFL yep. has to offer, it's just yep. really cool. And I think, and I, and I guess maybe this is just wishful thinking on my part, uh-huh. when the college football playoff goes to 12... I'm kind of hoping we get some more of these because much like in college hoops, when we get some of those non-conference matchups early, you know, the Champions Classic or the the holiday tournaments around Thanksgiving where you get some really premier non-conference matchups, you could get some really cool games in early September because it's not going to matter as much if you lose the game because there's more teams that get in the postseason. Gabe, I totally agree. The upside of the 12-team playoff. Now, the, the downside is that, you know, the regular season games aren't going to mean quite as much as they used to. Although seating and home field and I think all those things in the 12-team playoff are really going to matter. The upside is that teams aren't going to be afraid. You know, the last couple of years, like Clemson, for example, has really shied away from some marquee non-conference games, I feel like. Uh, Alabama really is never afraid of anybody, but you know, all these teams schedule, you know, Ohio State's playing Youngstown State this year. It's an important game for Youngstown State. It'll fund their entire athletic department <laughs> for the entire, for the entire year, the million bucks or whatever they end up getting from Ohio State. But I like it when every marquee program has at least one really marquee. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, if you're Alabama that you go play Rutgers. You know, I want Alabama to play Texas. I think that's a good tease for what we're going to be seeing in the SEC. That game could be Arch Manning at quarterback against Nick Saban, which we could see a number of times over the course of the next couple of years. Which makes it exciting. It just kind of it sets the table for college football, and I think it's still... I'm hoping the integrity of the regular season is still there because winning your conference is going to be important. So then even if you are Alabama, you still can't stub your toe in the middle of the season against Ole Miss or LSU. So those conference games will still hold importance. But yes. instead of giving us Bama Citadel, yeah, yeah. give me give me, you know, Alabama taking on Wisconsin, which I know is an, a preseason matchup that, that happened a number of years ago. Or give me Alabama-Florida State. Just give me some premier matchups that I can get right. excited about God early for, in the season. You know, th- those teams like that go on the road. Like, when was the last time Alabama played a game north of the Mason-Dixon line? You know, they're, they're afraid to Oof. do it. They don't want to have to deal with it. Well, now, hopefully in the 12-team playoff, 
if they were in the bottom six, they had to go on the road for the first round, they might have to go to snowy Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin, which I'd like to see those teams have to go and play in. That's football. Guess what? You don't always get to play in nice weather. You don't always get to play in some antiseptic environment. Sometimes you got to go play and deal with the elements. It's it's part of the game. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with uh, Gabe Neitzel. The other thing I noticed as I look, Gabe, into who is on TV and who is being featured a lot in these early season matchups, there are two big draws in college football this year that have not been major focal points the last couple of years. Colorado is one of them. Oh, absolutely. I think everybody is going to want to see what is going on with Deion Sanders and whether he can make it not just at an HBCU, but if he can go to the Pac-12 and win big games. So they're featured early and often, and they have a marquee game against TCU, who, of course, was in the playoff last year to kick it off. But it's not just that. It's the way in which Dion goes about his business, showing up and telling kids, hey, you better be hitting the portal because I'm coming yep. with luggage, and it's going to be really good <laughs> luggage. Like the, the way Dion has handled himself has increased that spotlight totally. on him in Colorado. I, I, I totally agree. And then the other one is Texas. You know, it's Arch Manning. Another Manning is entering into the national spotlight, and that is going to be a major storyline. Up next, are the Denver Nuggets allowed to play the Nobody Believes in Us card. We will discuss and debate. Aaron Goldhammer, Gabe Neitzel, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.